0: In this episode, we're going to dive into the current astrology and really focus on the new moon, solar eclipse, and Gemini that's governed by Mercury and what all of this means, how you can use light, sound, color, stones to assist you in the time-bending availability In this Aquarian age, but particularly in this eclipse portal. And we conclude with a guided meditation which harmonizes everything we explore. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred sight activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow earthseedtemplearts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Many thanks to the 4,650 unique listeners spreading across 67 countries on planet Earth. If you're new to Starstones and Stories, I suggest following this podcast in your favorite app and listen to the back episodes at your leisure Episode 16 and 17 cover the Great Conjunction of 2020, which was our full entry into the Aquarian Age, and we will absolutely be living these reverberations for some time to come. And episode one is definitely also an all-time favorite for many. So those are some great places to start. And if you're interested in continuing this conversation within my private social media platform, there is a link to join us in the show notes. This is a private circle for Starstones and stories, and I'm really loving the ability to weave with people outside of the major social media platforms in a space that's secure where no one is tracking your data. And I extend that offering to you for those of you who wish to just meet up and connect with other like-minded people. And if you're interested in sustaining the work... You're welcome to book an astrology reading with me. You can email support at earthseedtemplearts.com. You can go on my website, earthseedtemplearts.com, and learn more about the astrology readings I offer and the events I have coming up. There are a number of circles happening in the West Asheville area and a mid-summer festival that I will be hosting on this beautiful sacred land, the Hawk and Hawthorne and Barnardsville. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be on my solar return. And I'd love for you to come out and join us. We're going to dive in so many beautiful portals together, very restorative, regenerative, with some stargazing to cap off our journey after we go through deep meditation and visioning and sound healing. And the land is just going to hug us and nurture us. So please consider joining us. You may also follow me on Instagram at EarthseedTempleArts and Starstones and Stories. I'm not so active on social media these days, but. I plan to be popping in here and there and eventually will be posting a lot more than I have been lately. Also, I encourage you if you're not already receiving my Venetian Love Notes, it's my weekly newsletter delivered to your inbox every Friday where I remind you about my biweekly podcast episodes that are fresh and also have a written astrological report and I share about the current events I have so that you're able to stay in the loop. I'm really grateful you're here and I just want to acknowledge that podcasting is an art of collaboration and it only works with listeners. So thank you so much for circling back, to Starstones and Stories. If you're inspired, please share this with your beloveds. Please write me a review on iTunes. That means so much, and it helps other listeners find the show who may not otherwise know about it. And I do put so much devotional time into this. I invest money for my software that makes the editing smooth. So I really appreciate the efforts you all take to share the show with people who you think will be inspired and uplifted. And if you're interested in sending a love offering that's not expected, but absolutely always welcomed, you can Venmo at Rama Tribe and... I would be absolutely grateful. Honestly, I'm just grateful you're here listening. And for those of you who read my newsletters and you have, for the many years I've been sending them out every Friday, thank you so much. Thank you for witnessing me in this work. And thank you for allowing me to serve you as well. I'm recording this on Friday, June 4th, Venus Day, and currently we are in the void of an eclipse portal with multiple retrogrades, including Mercury and Gemini, Saturn and Aquarius and Pluto and Capricorn. The moon has slipped into her final quarter phase, and at this phase, sometimes we experience a sensation of crisis as we're beginning to orient towards an intuited future, so there's a lot that's uncertain, and at the same time, we're letting go and we're dissolving, and this upcoming Sunday... June 6th, we fully enter these shadow lands as we come to sink within the void of the void, within the balsamic phase of the moon. So this time leading up to the solar eclipse on Tuesday, Thursday, June 10th is a very powerful time. It's a magical time. It's It's a time of darkness and Quite often, stumbling in the dark leads to an epiphany, and so may you use this magnetic time to draw closure, to find stillness, and to craft your unique sensual magic. The astrology is quite fierce in June, and it's going to take a number of twists and turns, so this is an exciting month astrologically. It's definitely a month of intensity. As we know, intensity has become uh, quite normalized in our daily lives. And I know it's, it's challenging. It's challenging for all of us, myself included. So I just want to remind us that this is such an important time to have a daily practice of some kind it is essential in these times. And the reality is that life is a series of waves, just like astrology is a series of waves. It's why I love the language of astrology so much because it's this beautiful metaphor for the cycles and processes of life. And I believe it really teaches us to understand that When we come into this incarnation on earth, that this is currently at this time, a place of great density. And it has been for many, many hundreds and hundreds of years. And part of what we're working to do collectively at this time is to illuminate earth from the inside out. And what that requires is for each one of us to become this force field, this illumination, much like I'm thinking to the stone selenite because we're in week eight of my course, Earth Seed, that I launched this spring. And uh, with this module eight, we've entered into the temple of Selenite and the Taoists called Selenite the illuminating stone. And if you think about the power of Selenite, it really reminds us to illuminate our light from the inside out. And those of us who carry this authentic light in our lives, at times we come across those on our path who are jealous or envious and they want some of our light. And so people uh, quite often unconsciously cause harm because they want some of that light as well. And part of what we're doing collectively is each human is being charged with the ability, the opportunity to really illuminate this light from the inside out as Mother Earth is transforming into this new Earth uh, plane of existence. And we could say the new Earth is already birthed and many of us are already living within it. And it's the same time the the dense, 3D paradigms are definitely very much still alive and will continue to be. And this becomes a choice of vibration. What do we want to vibrate in? And this is not a place of judgment of someone vibrating higher or lighter than another. This is a space of compassion and understanding that All of us are unique, beautiful souls, and each one of us has our own soul journey, our own cosmic imprint that is very unique per each individual soul. And there's no arrival point in the sacred dance of life, the sacred transformational way as we look to the snake medicine that dies and rebirths quite often just as the woman sheds her womb, right? And we've spoken in this Star, stones, and Stories journey, we've spoken about how the blood mysteries have been demonized, and all of these are topics we'll continue to go deeper into. I'm really excited because this is now, we've arrived at episode 29, and I've officially been podcasting for over a year. And I feel like we've really laid some solid ground, and now we can begin to go deeper into some of these topics. And so I'm excited to really bring alive more of the stone and the story element of star stones and stories. It was important for the first year that. We laid that solid foundation of the astrological communication. And for those of you who are new to this podcast, welcome and just know everyone is welcomed here, all levels. This is how we learn and we share in so many different ways. And no one is further along than the other, right? Like we're all exactly right on time. And that's something that I think is very, very important to understand when we're in the void of a void of an eclipse portal. The over culture wants us to believe that we're always late, that we're always behind ourselves, that we're going to miss out on something. And that is a way that they build fear and they keep us distracted from our own inherent empowerment. And the reality is, is that your highest wisdom, your higher self is guiding you at all times, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. And so the more we can sink in with confidence that we are right on time, the greater propensity, we have to increase our power. As we increase our confidence, we become more magnetic and we draw everything to us that we need. And for so many of us, this is a process of programming over and over again. Those of us, especially who were born in the Piscean age, which Most likely, if you're listening, that's you. (laughs) You'd have to be pretty young, you know, to be uh, born in the Aquarian age, and um, I'm sure there's some babies listening who are, so (laughs) welcome, Aquarian young, beautiful crystal souls. We need you. We're so glad you're arriving to be here with us, to assist us in this great transition. And there's so many things I want to share with you in this episode, and I have I have like a outline and I have my notes prepared, but I also feel like there's going to be a lot that one that just kind of weaves in around the outline with this episode. As I was doing my practice this morning, I was receiving download after download and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is why I wasn't able to record last night. It all makes so much sense. And many of you understand my process by now that I work very intuitively. I work very much in layers. And I spend a lot of time crafting these episodes, just as I spend a lot of time crafting any offering, whether it's a personal astrology session or a pilgrimage. I'm really devoted to this layering process, and it has been a part of my visual art when I was a practicing visual artist, and it continues to be a part of my work here and now as I continue my my art expression in these healing modalities. So we are going through quite a lot with the astrology in June, and Venus progressed into Cancer this Wednesday, where she will traverse until the end of the month. And now that she's in this nurturing water sign, she's here to harmonize our love and our values so that collectively we can become more receptive, more tender, sentimental. At times we might be um, moody, we might be hyper aware. And so we just want to have that tenderness with others, just like we want it for ourselves. And As we come to the weekend, we have some intense astrology building. So on Saturday, June 5th, we have um, Mercury and Gemini, squares, Neptune and Pisces. And Mercury is retrograde as we know. And uh, although this this could be potentially intense, I also think it's going to be an opportunity to really receive potent messages from the other world. So Mercury when when he's retrograde, remember, he's the psychopomp. So he goes on behalf of humanity to speak to the gods and goddesses and to bring back messages. And Neptune is the high heart, it's agape, it's deep spiritual love and in Pisces, very much channeling that archetype of the mystic, the artist, the poet very much tapped into the watery realms of collective consciousness, very attuned to source, to the divine. And so the square, I think, will actually give us an opportunity to receive messages beyond the veil. But Mercury can also be trickster energy. And with that square, there's something that um, needs to be faced, that needs to be experienced for our growth And so uh, there might be an opportunity to see how sometimes we um, think we are intuiting, but perhaps we're misaligned. And this is exactly why we need a consistent daily practice of some kind. Now, the big energy that day is we have Mars and Cancer opposing Pluto and Capricorn. Pluto's retrograde and Mars and Cancer is not at his finest, Mars is our drive and our will and how we move energy forward. And in Cancer, Mars is very emotional and um, at times just very reactive and overly protective and overly sensitive. And with that opposition to Pluto, um, Mars-Pluto oppositions can bring in a lot of tension and turmoil. And Pluto in Capricorn is so busy, like, Dissolving the old paradigms, the old governmental structures, the old way that the world has been maintained for the majority of many of our lives, and there's a lot of dissolving, and this dissolving actually goes deep into the heart of the patriarchy, and when I say patriarchy, I'm not speaking into the heart of the divine masculine. I'm speaking of this over culture that has uh, really denied the feminine in all of its ways, and this is this is the paradigm that is absolutely collapsing. This is the oppressor mentality that must be transformed and transmuted into something higher. And we all carry this victim consciousness and this oppressor consciousness within our psyches and Really, the greatest work we could be doing at this time is that deep inner work to clear it out. As we clear it out within ourselves, we have the ability to clear it out within our ancestral lineages. And that's where the true heroic journey takes place. Uh, The deeper we go within, the greater we reverberate without. That's the true medicine for these times. And it is part of the higher heart that is being called for in this Aquarian age. Now, what we're seeing on many levels as we've entered this age of Aquarius, we could say officially since the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on December 21st, 2020, we've seen a lot of the potential dark side of the Aquarian age. We're seeing more and more satellites put up in the sky, our sovereignty as human beings is being questioned. Will we be able to live in a world that remains organic? Are we going into a world that is a hundred percent governed, controlled by artificial intelligence? Personally, I think not. You know, that's that's the reality I am definitely, you know, holding in my heart as the one that receives much love and dissolving so that it can transmute into something much higher. However, there are many people out there, uh, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, that are voting for that reality. And I think that's part of what we're witnessing with this Mars-Pluto opposition with the um, collective south node and Sagittarius and the north node in Gemini. There's There's a lot of shifting happening. And This is a very sensitive time for humanity. You might feel at times like you have no power and you just want to give up. But I want to guarantee you that your greatest power comes from within and that you vote for reality every single day by the way that you live, by the thoughts that you think, by the visions that you project. And these are principles we've going we've been going really deep with in Earth Seed around how to really use these portals of our body for our personal sovereignty. And it's so important you're doing this work in this in these times, grounding to earth, clearing your physical body. So please make sure that you have the support that you need and that you're taking good care of yourself in these times. There are so many amazing people out there offering great services, and I'm sure you have an abundance of people in your local area. And if not, we know with the the internet, there's a lot available at our fingertips. I also just want to encourage you to practice the sacred art of discernment and to always check in with your gut instinct before committing to work with anyone. The gut instinct is your, uh, sacred intuition that lives within your womb space, also connected to your solar plexus, so the sacral solar solar plexus regions of the body. And this works in conjunction with your third eye. And for many of us, over time, we've gotten hooked uh, or blocked in these fields, and it can be very easy to be distorted which is why we must go to earth and clear and we must complete that cycle of giving away our power and to root and ground into earth and to create our own force field of sovereignty. I can't emphasize this enough, which is why (laughs) I wasn't honestly planning on speaking about uh, going off on this topic, but it's part of what really has come through in my meditation today to share with you all. And in a moment, I'm going to share with you all a little bit more about, um, the astrology for the, the first half of June, particularly we'll go in depth into this solar eclipse that's coming up. However, I just want to say that, um, sovereignty is definitely key for these times. And as these things go, of course, you know, it's it's now like an, a new age buzzword. And it, it's good, right? Like we want, we want the concept of sovereignty to be popping out into the field on a much deeper level. And it's important we're all exploring what sovereignty looks like for each one of us because it's going to be based on Our individual soul journey and our individual soul imprints. And what is important in this age of Aquarius is that we fully embody sovereignty in the sense that we understand that each one of us has a unique soul code, a unique soul journey, and that that matters and that essentially there is no being out there who knows better than your highest source, your highest self, your highest wisdom, your super consciousness. There's no being out there externally in the world who can give you the answers. The answers lie within. Sometimes we do need assistance in sorting out the answers. Sometimes we need assistance in clearing the traumas from our bodies. Bodies, whether it's our physical, emotional, spiritual, psychic, etc. Yes, we we all need support. However, the true healers, the true leaders, are the ones who uh, continue to encourage you to circle back to your own highest wisdom and your own highest truth. So, Mars Pluto opposition. And Mercury square Neptune Saturday is definitely a very important day. And then as we arrive to Sunday, as I mentioned before, we're really sinking deep into that um, void of the void as we begin to welcome the dark moon before the Gemini new moon solar eclipse. Now, if any of you uh, live in the Asheville area On Tuesday, June 8th, I'm offering a Dark Moon Women's Wisdom Circle, a council, and as of now, there's a few spaces left, so if you're interested, you may secure your space on my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. And we have that eclipse on Thursday, June 10th, which I will speak about in depth, coming up and then as we progress on friday june 11th mars moves from cancer into leo and mars is going to traverse leo um, over the summer it's going to be a very beautiful shift in energy and how we move energy forward and it's going to be really exciting we have mars and venus coming to marry in the month of July and it's going to be such a beautiful sacred marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine as king and queen. And so we're, we're opening the gates with that energy is now Venus. And then on Friday, June 11th, Mars will also have shifted into Leo. So, how we take action is going to be much more creatively inspired, much more spiritually directed. Um, at times, it could be a little f- too fiery and maybe almost kind of egoic. But overall, there's going to be this um, heart centered ability that that's very regal and noble and dignified and we can harness this to use it in a good way. and the next big astrology that we have coming up is on Monday June 14th Saturn squares Uranus so Saturn retrograde in Aquarius squares Uranus and Taurus this is the second square of three squares. That we experience throughout 2021. This is one of the key signature astrological transits that we experience through the year of 2021. And even though the exact square um, we've been out of it for a couple of months, it's been kind of like we've been hanging within it. So. (laughs) Um, I'm saying that in the sense it's been kind of like a buzz in the background. And then on Monday, June 14th, we'll feel that exact square with Saturn retrograde. So when we have the first square, it's an opportunity to really see what the issue is. The second square gives us an opportunity to apply some sort of solution to whatever the issue is that needs to be faced, that needs to be experienced. And then the third square, which will happen later on in the fall, gives us the opportunity to experience like, how did the solution land? What did we learn? How have we grown from this journey? So Saturn in Aquarius, again, when I was speaking about with the dark side of the age of Aquarius, with technology taking over humanity, uh, we're definitely feeling that propensity thick in the air. There's A lot of instability with finances. A lot of people think, you know, there could be financial collapse. So there's fear, there's worry, there's concern about where we're headed collectively. Um, What are the ethics of technology? Who is using this ethically? How do we collectively move forward ethically? What are the ethics of global health? Who gets to decide, uh, you know, like what global health looks like? Uh, That's a very controversial topic and I'm not going to dive deep into it because um, I want this to be a platform that feels very inclusive. And I know that many listeners here come from a diversity of opinions around that and I really want to honor that and I just want to say that um, it's important in these times to continue to learn and to always take in new information, particularly information that might seem like out of the box for you, um, not because you you want to take on new beliefs per se, but because with especially with the North Node in Gemini, it's very important to be extremely well informed and to take in information from very vastly different sources, sources who would have very different agendas, we could say. And then the Uranian energy in Taurus is very much about radical change. It's radical change that takes time, takes place over time. It's radical change to our financial systems. It's radical change to how we connect materially to Earth. And as Saturn and Jupiter entered that air age officially with the great conjunction of 2020, we know that culturally, like the over culture is moving from a more materialistic lens to a more air-based elemental lens focused on innovation, new ideas, solar wind power, more green technology. And so green technology is going to be used more and more. And at the same time, we have to be very cautious of greenwashing, of buzzwords, and really always be willing to look deep below the surface to what are the ulterior motives, what are the agendas, Where are the intentions coming from, whether it's a human or corporation? And so the square collectively is wanting us to address what all of these layers and levels are. And then personally, we're all going to feel it in the space where we have Aquarius in our chart around 13 degrees Aquarius, and where we have the Taurus energy in our chart, around 13 degrees Taurus. And for people who have fixed sun, moon, or rising, so that would be Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarian energy, they're probably going to feel the square the strongest. And so just sink into that, note that, and remember that we're all on this cosmic collective journey together, and that this is an opportunity to grow and evolve. And also, how can we come to life really honoring our inner child so that, yes, we take life Seriously, as a sacred art, as ceremonial art, and also so that we can come to our conflicts and our challenges with a newfound sense of buoyancy and really invoking our inner child. Because as we come with that buoyancy and that creativity of heart, we actually have the ability to co-create and weave genius solutions. And that, I think, is one of the higher frequencies of Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus is that there is this really tangible, beautiful possibility to co-create powerful, inspirational change. And I want all of us to know that for for most of us, we have been heavily programmed in our lives and that we can never expect to see the radical change taking place first in the outer world. It always comes from within first, and we're always going to feel it on a personal level, on an ancestral level, on a familial level, on a friendship, local, community level first before we see it in the greater whole. So don't allow what you see out there in the collective, particularly from news sources, etc. Remember, these are all modalities of programming, and these are modalities of programming that represent the paradigms that we're dissolving, particularly with that south node in Sagittarius. So this brings us to eclipses in general, and I know I spoke about eclipses in general in episode 28, but because we're still in this eclipse portal, I really feel the need to just speak about them generally a little bit because some of us here are new to this language, and I just want to remind you all that, I mean, for one, astrology is the language of the Aquarian age. It is a very important language to be curious about, to want to know, and that it takes very, it it takes layers, it takes time. And so just allow um, the terms to wash over you. If you feel like you get confused, know that there's a part of your conscious mind that really understands what's being expressed and to uh, be patient, but but to also be open-minded. So eclipses in general are always extremely powerful times for each one of us. Again, we feel it usually quite in depth individually, and then we also experience things collectively. And they open up these new portals, these new dimensions in our lives. Now, they occur when the nodes of the moon are either conjunct the sun or the moon And when we have one conjunct the sun, um, it is a new moon known as a solar eclipse. And when it's conjunct the moon, it's a um, lunar eclipse, and that occurs on a full moon. Generally speaking, solar eclipses, new moons, they bring new beginnings. They open up new doors. And lunar eclipses, full moons, bring closure Um, sometimes great closure. They're very potent portals. They always work together as a unit. So if you have a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse, you you must know that within two weeks, you're going to be experiencing the other one. Um, So on May 26, we had that Sagittarius full moon. It was a super moon, a blood moon. (laughs) It was very powerful and it brought in an immense amount of closure for so many of us and now we're approaching this solar eclipse and gemini now these portals work together and um they return we have a, like a nodal return every 18 and a half years The ramifications of these eclipses, they can contain threads of stories that could last for two years, 18 years, 36, 54, 72, and so on. So we can actually track them into cycles, which are called sorrow cycles, and we know of the Babylonians as to be the first astrologers that started tracking these cycles, and The sorrow cycles can run over a thousand years. So we're talking about epics, right? Like when we look at, for instance, like the epic of Gilgamesh, right? Or some vast uh, written story, oral story, eclipses give um, the markers within time and space to weave that story. Now the North Node, as it is very much connected to solar eclipses and new moons, this is all about the dragon's head. It's the path of Dharma. It's where we learn to fly by falling. So it is a space of great spiritual growth and integration. Quite often, the solar eclipses can feel very awkward. They can feel like the wild unknown. During an eclipse, we can have time Literally speed up, and we might feel that even more dramatically. So, around a north node, the south node is very much about the path of karma, our gifts, the shadow, and what is very much well known. So, it represents the past, Um, it's quite often the path of least resistance in the sense that it is. What is familiar, and it is our karmic reserves in the sense of it is where there are lessons to be learned and the skills we come in with. The south node in a chart, in my opinion, also really represents a reservoir of resources, and in one modality, we could say it is our connection to the Akashic records. Now, the thing about eclipses is that they bring truth, they bring glaring truth to the surface, and it is quite often that which we need to see, know, and feel, despite how uncomfortable it might be to go through it. Now, indigenous cultures around the world, ancient cultures, have on some level always regarded eclipses with great respect, at times even fear. Um, At times, they brought disasters and difficulty. So with that, I really encourage you. I, I don't encourage you to be fearful of an eclipse, but I do encourage you to treat it with the greatest respect and to be very mindful about what you do on the actual event of an eclipse. It is not the time to lay out all of your crystals or to capture... You know, sacred water that you're going to imprint with the eclipse energy, and you're going to drink for like, you know, ten moons for the year to come. Um, th- this is not the ideal time to do that. Now, if your higher guidance is telling you that it is, uh, and you really feel like it's your truth, you know, I would definitely check in with that. However, I will say we know of many cultures that were. Either indoors, they were in deep ceremony, ritual, some sort of process during the exact alignment of an eclipse, and they were in prayer and devotion. And eclipses are wild cards. They can bring sudden erratic change out of the box energy, and wild card energy should be respected as such, and so that's not something we really want to be harnessing when we are practicing our forms of magic. So please treat eclipses with respect. Feel free to do your rituals after the window of the eclipse or before, as you feel called. But in the exact alignment, I personally would recommend uh, refraining from uh, doing any sort of particular capturing with it and instead to spend the time of the eclipse in meditation, in prayer, in devotion, really reflecting and being as humble as you can. There is something beautiful about humility that in Western culture, uh, we've uh, really lost the sanctity of humility, and we see it a lot through social media these days. There's you know, it's, it's, sometimes it feels like the Hunger Games being on social media. And I've been at a place where really for the last, for most of 2021, honestly, in a good chunk of 2020, I've been on social media less and less and really just taking a step back from it. Um, I know it's important to use and there's an opportunity to meet very many beautiful people through it. And so I will continue to use it as a modality. But sometimes we need to take a step back, and that's okay too. You know, it's I think it's important to have an authentic relationship with any platform you're using. And if you find you're just using it uh, to accumulate wealth or to accumulate likes or whatever the thing is to accumulate something, then that is not right relationship with the tool. And ultimately, as we become more subtle and sensitive in this Aquarian age that is going to be seen and felt by others. And it's going to be more and more obvious where people are coming from intentionally. Now, some people are really good at deception. And so they can make it seem like they're really coming from a certain space, but it's actually an art of deception. So also know that too. And that's part of the sophistication of the age of Aquarius. And that is also why we need our grounding daily practices so that we can trust our gut read on all of the beings out there, not just the beings in human form, but the energy beings that are very interested in us at this time. You have to understand galactically, uh, Earth is like the most exciting place, one could say, to be in the entire multiverse. There are many, many, many beings attuned to us, and they're very curious and interested in us. And I want to say you are always safe, especially if you believe you are safe and you create safety in your life. You are always safe. But know that We are becoming more subtle. We are tuning more and more into this electric universe, and the ability to move through time and space is becoming much and much easier. We are becoming less dense and more light, and with that, we take on more responsibility. We must have more maturity in how we use our energy fields. Since the Sagittarius lunar eclipse, supermoon, blood moon, we've been in this void, in this shadow land, and there are opportunities to really bring large karmic cycles to closure. And for myself, as someone who has a uh, Gemini sun, And for any of you who have a mutable sun, moon, rising, so that would be Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, or Pisces, you're going to feel the intensity of these eclipses, and and you probably have felt them since the last summer-spring eclipse cycle that ushered in this new (laughs) beginning and great closure. That was with the Sagittarius lunar eclipse that was on, um, June 5th of last year. And then we had a solar eclipse and on, um, like it was right around summer solstice And then in November of 2020 and December of 2020, we had a Gemini lunar eclipse, a Sagittarius total solar eclipse on December 14th, 2020, right before the Great Conjunction. So that Sagittarius lunar eclipse on May 26th of this year was bringing... Another layer of closure with this Gemini Sagittarius access. And then we have the solar eclipse coming up on June 10th. And we will go into the fall and we'll have a Taurus full moon in November, which will be an eclipse. And then a Sagittarius solar eclipse in early December, which will close out the Sagittarius-Gemini axis. So these last for about 18 months, and there's a thread, right? There's stories. And if we do the work that shows up in the eclipse portal, if we take the leaps, we can grow significantly. We can draw in major new opportunities, but it's also important that we're willing to close doors as well. And that's really what many of us have had the opportunity to do over the last week and a half or two weeks. Now, as we're coming to this Gemini new moon solar eclipse, it's important that we really anchor in to this Gemini energy It's air energy. It's mutable energy. It's the twins. So it's all about duality, light and dark, masculine, feminine. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So there's a deep call to activate the intellect. The mind is prominent. It is all about thinking. However, it's much deeper than that. And this Gemini archetype Could be the writer, the scribe, the storyteller, the messenger, the fool, but also the eternal child. Um, It's trickster energy, it's coyote energy, it's butterfly medicine. So, this is energy that represents transformation. As the storyteller, it's energy that is willing to take on many different archetypes to demonstrate the narrative, and the important places to pause within the narrative. Gemini energy has an emphasis on working with the hands and connection to the lungs, our communication. It's about being open-minded and really open to learning, to taking in new information to be flexible and adaptable and deeply conceptual. So with the North Node in Gemini, there's a call to really be more social, to know who our community is, to be willing to express ourselves, our ideas, and our thoughts within our community. There's also a call to build new educational systems that serve and to have hands-on experience. And it's interesting because we're seeing, again, you know, a great push into this technological age. And yes, we want to utilize technology, absolutely. But we also still want to use our hands in organic materials. We don't want to be touching devices 24-7. We need to touch that which is real and true, that which comes from the earth and the elementals. And the North Node in Gemini on a subtle way, is reminding us that that is important. Now, collectively, I'm not sure how many people are feeling that nudge, but I really want to emphasize the concept of using the hands and the arms and touching. What what are you touching? The tactileness of life, of the organic world, and to continue to. Um, Work with the tactileness is very important, very important. And with this North Node in Gemini, as we finish this access out, it's important that we're building teamwork, we're building sisterhood and brotherhood. It's a time to consider writing or teaching, to share about your adventures and your experiences, to conceive of out of the box solutions, to be Progressively minded and progressively minded in a unique, radical way—not a way that the powers that be would like you to be, right? Like, because then you're just a pawn of the the overculture of the system. But being progressively minded in in newfound ways that really come from the heart, that really are in service to humanity, not in service to a machine. And that requires discernment. That requires the fine tunings of the mind. And so with this eclipse coming up, there is a deep connection to the mind, to the powers of the mind, because Mercury retrograde is kind of like the center star, we could say. So as the south node is in Sagittarius, we know that we're working to dissolve old paradigms. And with this Gemini solar eclipse, again, it takes place on Thursday, June 10th, and it's an annular solar eclipse that will be visible in Russia, Greenland, northern Canada. Uh, The partial eclipse may be visible in parts of northern Asia, Europe, and the U.S. Now, the partial eclipse will begin um, June 10th. The universal time is at 8.12 in the morning, and eastern daylight time will be 4.12 a.m. The first location to see the full eclipse will happen at 9.49 a.m., that's universal time, or 5.49 a.m., that's eastern time. The maximum point of the eclipse will be at 10.41 a.m. universal time or 6.41 a.m. eastern time. And then the eclipse will be complete at um 1 11 p.m. 13 11 you universal time or 9 11 a.m. Eastern time. So those of you who live on the East Coast, because I know a majority of my listeners are East Coast based, uh, the eclipse window officially will be from 4 12 a.m. until 9 11 a.m. And the universal time window is from 8.12 a.m. until 13.11 or 11 p.m. Now, this new moon is exact at 6.53 a.m. And as we know, every new moon occurs when the sun and the moon meet up. With this new moon, the sun and the moon meet up at 19 degrees, 47 arc minutes, Gemini. In addition to the sun and the moon in Gemini, we also have, as we know, the north node is in Gemini, and we have Mercury retrograde also in Gemini. Now, when I cast this new moon chart for my location in Asheville, North Carolina, we have Gemini also is the rising sign at 28 degrees as we round that up. And so we know therefore that Mercury is ruling this chart. Mercury is conjunct the sun and the moon less than a degree away. Uh, So there's a very strong um, power with Mercury in this eclipse and as we're looking towards some of the aspects with the moon and the sun and Mercury, they're opposing the, um, the south node in Sagittarius, which is conjunct Juno and Sagittarius. And Juno is our connection. She's the goddess of sacred union, sacred partnership. She has many other facets as well, and in Sagittarius, she's very much devoted to union based on truth, and so truth is very important as we're clearing out karmic cycles, as we're searching and sifting through Akashic records. We always want to be aligned with truth. And there is a significant imprint that that is essential as we close out. We must do that diligence with truth. Now, there's also a a wide, we could sort of say like grand cross happening in this chart. So opposing um, the sun and moon and Mercury is Juno and Sagittarius. And then we also have a square happening with Vesta and Virgo and that is orienting us in the sense of um, devotion and how important devotion is and that devotion is the way through but also um, that we stay devoted to the process in a way in a means of truth and in a means of evolving and Opposing Vesta is Neptune conjunct Pallas Athene in Pisces, and so that is our high heart. It is where we're very creative right now collectively, mentally. We're very creatively connected to our deep spirituality, but remembering there can be a dark shadow with that as well, especially if we're not integrated in doing deep shadow work. In conjunction. So it's important to understand that collectively and personally, we can very easily slip into deception in these times. And that is why I always like to orient back towards staying grounded with a daily practice, staying committed, really rooting into Mother Earth, grounding yourself, grounding each day to earth, honoring your ancestors, doing your shadow work. These are immense times (laughs) that we live in, right? So much is asked of us. And it's important to also understand that we are only given that which we are able to work with. And so even though at times you might feel like you have way too much that is being asked of you, you always have the tools and the resources. It's there. It's just a matter of asking for help. Now with this eclipse, there's also a trine between Saturn and Aquarius and Saturn is also retrograde. So there's an opportunity to receive gifts and rewards as we're willing to do the reflection, to do the process of our work that I've been speaking to. So with the sun and the moon, as we round them up to 20 degrees Gemini, the Sabian symbol is a modern cafeteria displays an abundance of food, products of various regions. This is about really assimilating multicultural knowledge and synthesizing with the power of the mind, understanding that from source comes the infinite and that it is also important to take time and space to assimilate, to integrate, and to digest, that this is a very important part of the process. And I personally believe that when we have void energy, the void energy is there to give us space for integration, for processing, for reflection. And we cannot have full rejuvenation without that. It is very important to honor all of the phases, all of the cycles of life. If we skip over a cycle or two or three or four, much like our over culture would like us to just be in the create, 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 go, go, go cycle that comes to a place where it is not sustainable. It is not possible to continue in that way. Reflection is so important. And so this eclipse is reminding us about that integration and assimilation. And the star sparks for 20 degrees Gemini is a bull stung by a scorpion. It is about radical awareness, tapping the power of altered states, and at the same time to continue to move forward and to do so in a way, in a willingness of pushing boundaries and understanding that at times the outcome may require a risk and that what might seem like an injury could actually be an opportunity to tap into these altered states of consciousness. Now with that, I wanted to take a moment to see what Mercury is up to in this eclipse, because as I mentioned, this is a mercurial eclipse in all the ways. Mercury is governing this chart. Mercury is conjunct the sun and moon and mercury's retrograde he's in his psychopomp attire this is an eclipse where we could really weave a lot of magic and i'm not saying sit there literally and weave magic at the exact time of the eclipse because remember i encourage you to really respect that eclipse window However, we can weave a lot of magic around the eclipse with our new moon intentions, how we're going to move forward, and the actions we're taking leading up to it and from beyond. And Mercury retrograde is encouraging us to reflect particularly upon our speech. How do we talk to ourselves? What, our, what does our inner voice say? And it's so funny because I'm like, you know, in the process of recording this and I have my phone open because I'm looking at the chart as I'm speaking to you. And my friend sent me this text with an eclipse season mantra, my friend Drew. So a little shout out to you, Drew. Thank you. I enthusiastically propel my energy towards what my soul truly yearns for. I know I am worthy, supported, and magnetically catapulting my life towards what's energetically expansive. I'm going to read that to you once more. I enthusiastically propel my energy towards what my soul truly yearns for. I know I'm worthy, supported, and magnetically catapulting my life towards what's energetically expansive. And this is very much in alignment with that mantra that I believe I shared with you all in the last Eclipse episode, and that is a mantra that I've been working with. I've written it on my bathroom mirror and I think I'm about to go put it in other places as well including including other mantras but I really like this one I am a vibrational match to all of my desires and so with that that helps you to stay in that frequency And that's very important because Mercury is asking us, what are we communicating as we're moving forward? How are we going to communicate? How are we going to learn? How are we going to share information and new ideas? So 21 degrees Gemini, the Sabian symbol is a tumultuous labor demonstration. And this is about the revolutionary impact of mental concepts upon the collective emotions and desires of man's collective responses. And with that, there is always a connection between the individual and the collective, and the Aquarian age is teaching us that now more than ever. The star sparks is, Wine casks retrieved from an ancient shipwreck. This is about linear time. It is about how you change perspective, your vantage point, how you may be open to a frequency that allows for being multi dimensional, how to navigate any combination of streams and worlds as though they are all part of the same web. And to me, this is so connected to time bending, timeline hopping, and whatnot. And we will absolutely revisit that again in a moment. So please stay with me here. But I want to share one other geeky alignment here that's happening. And, um, I'm really interested in the fixed stars. I've been studying them on my own off and on for a few years, and I don't really use them a lot in my astrological divination sessions. I can, so if you ever have a session with me and you want me to focus on them, let me know. That's definitely possible but i'm not like a expert by any means and honestly when it comes to astrology as a whole i personally believe we could spend our whole lifetime studying astrology and we're still students it's such a vast art and science so i want to be clear that i see myself as an eternal student of this art and science of astrology and i'm just felt with this eclipse portal particularly with the new moon, and I saw how Mercury was so close, I really felt called to look at what fixed stars are in alignment. Now, the Bohemian stars are the magical stars of the alchemists. These are root stars, which we could say um, inspire ceremony to, you can use them to magnify whatever intention you wish to draw forth. And the Sun, Moon, and Mercury in this eclipse are all conjunct Capella, this fixed star Capella, at 22 degrees Gemini. And Capella is re- in the constellation Alpha Auriga. Arig- Excuse my pronunciation if it's off. And this is um, the goat constellation found on the left shoulder of the charioteer ariga now this is all about high esteem public visibility affluence um, being very determined being very sophisticated with the mind it is also very much connected to the stone sapphire and to the herb thyme so thyme uh, is quite a beautiful, a very strong plant, and if you use essential oil of thyme, it can be exceedingly strong. So you really just need one drop. And I recently learned from my dear sister Holly Rhiannon that thyme oil also connects with the fae, so and and can be used very much for those of us who struggle with different timelines and how to work with them all the time. (laughs) Time, timelines, time. (laughs) I'm using different spellings of time. I hope you can catch me there. But my point is, is that if you have time oil, um, you might want to place some at your heart around this eclipse and really ask for support from the elementals in staying grounded and also working consciously with whatever timeline you want to connect to. Now, in the Dendera zodiac, Capella's place is occupied by a mummied cat in the outstretched hand of a male figure that's crowned with feathers. And if you don't know about Dendera, it is a very beautiful temple a greco-roman temple that was built on the site of the ancient egyptian temple it is in upper egypt and has a deep connection to hathor hathor and hathor on one level she's very much connected to the feminine mysteries to giving birth We could definitely give her a celestial connection, absolutely. And Hathor has very ancient, ancient, ancient roots in Egypt that go back into Paleolithic times. And at Dendera, there was on the ceiling a round zodiac. That's very famous and now lives in the Louvre. It was confiscated. And, and this is one of the absolute dark ramifications of this oppression of going into different cultures and extracting. And so, um, Dendera, this zodiacal wheel, really deserves to be in its home place. And if you've traveled to the temple, when you go into the top up the stairs into the room where the zodiacal wheel was, they have created a fake copy. And the room before that has one of my most favorite depictions of the goddess Nut, the great goddess Nut who connects to the sky and also to the stars and is a beautiful protector of most of the temples you will visit in Egypt. And so we know Capella was important because it was featured. The ancient Egyptians worked with a lot of different stars and had a very sophisticated system of tracking the sky. And we also know Capella was an important star in the temple worship of the god Ptah. Ptah is the consort of Sekhmet, and he is known to be a great healer. He is known to be an opener of, of, we could say, of the ways. And so we can also, um, we know that this connection between Pata and Kapella can be found at his temple at Karnak. Also, in Indian culture, Capella is sacred and known as the heart of Brahma. So Capella has this deep cultural importance, and there's much more I could say about it, but I felt like it's important to understand that there is this connection of really being sophisticated and esteemed with this eclipse. And it's a beautiful energy to be connecting to. And during this eclipse, the North Node is conjunct Aldebaran, At 10 degrees Gemini, this is in the eye of the bull. This is also connecting with Garnet and very much a space of high intelligence, of honesty, of being very eloquent, of courage and success. And so for those of you who work with Garnet, you can also use Ruby as well. This is a beautiful... Um, opportunity to weave in some stone medicine with this eclipse and the south node is conjunct Antares at 10 degrees Sagittarius in the heart of the scorpion and this is about strength protection guidance this Antares is a binary star it's fiery red and emerald green And it is known to be one of the four royal stars of Persia. In Egyptian astronomy, it represents the goddess Selket, also known as Serket. And she is a beautiful scorpion goddess. She is one of the more hidden goddesses in the sense she's not seen all the time. But when it comes to protecting tombs, she's one of the four goddesses that is quite often represented standing in one of the four corners, one of the four directions. Now, in my research in connection to Antares, Sir Cat, as the sun would rise through her temples at the autumnal equinox, this was around. 3700 BCE, um, she also had a connection being symbolized to Isis in the pyramid ceremonials. So with the North Node, we always want to look at what is the deeper meaning here? How do we need to think more deeply? How shall we share our ideas, exchange information, collaborate, see from another lens. And it's important that we understand that this is a time to drop all all of the old ways, the old paradigms, and to focus on what is possible, to make the impossible I am possible, to learn and experience true teamwork. And that requires also a dissolution of ego, to understand that we are all on our unique soul journey. We are humans from many timelines and many realities. We are from many different star seeds. We have connections to ancient civilizations. We are an intergalactic family. We are representatives of so much, and we are incredibly vast. And we know for a fact that we are made of stardust, that we have the galaxy within us. And we can utilize the ability to time bend, to move through time and space more consciously, to understand that we have the ability to move through time and space more consciously, And sound is one of those ways. Sound and creation are one and the same. Vibration is rhythm. The great metaphysicist Dion Fortune, who has the most beautiful, she lived in the most beautiful anchored space in Avalon. She said, the impact of the rhythm of one plane upon the substance of another is vibration. We are all living and vibrating within other dimensions all around one another all of the time. Just because you're not consciously aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening. And that is what is so important is that we're learning to attune to these frequencies We're learning to illuminate like that beautiful selenite deep from within to illuminate our light and to bring it out, to vibrate it out. And we have that ability through sound science, through utilizing mantra as a code of sounds that create a pattern of organization, a coherence, a rhythmic understanding Mantras have the ability to work regardless if you understand their meaning or not. And as we go through many different cultures, there's so many beautiful sound sciences in so many different languages. Using sound, using vibration is very important. Using sound codes and mantras to retrain your brain is Part of your sovereign solution to live on earth in these times. And we see this through the chakras, through the portals of our body, through these light spaces. And light has a higher, faster vibration than sound. It is a finer vibrational energy that is produced. One could say that light is like the voice of atoms and molecules, whereas sound is the voice of like these large structures such as crystals, rocks, humans. And sound and light are both wave-like, just like astrology is wave-like. These are expressions of the infinite. It is said that sound moves at 720 miles per hour Light moves at 186,000 miles per second. A way to travel in time bend is to use light as a form of energy. Color is based off of different frequencies of light. Warmer colors have a lower frequency than cooler colors. This is how we look at the chakra system ranging from brown, red, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, magenta, golden, white. This whole spectrum of light, of color. And light gives us this ability to form imagery. As we form imagery we can work with this sphere of intuition, with our mental connection that literally is connected at the center of our head where the third eye space is. So as we're talking about sovereignty, we wanna think about our connection to our womb and our solar plexus and our third eye. Now the third eye is the space of form and this is where we connect to our intuitive awareness our extrasensory perception it is how we see and know perceive and command and physiologically this connects to the brain the pineal 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 <laughs> and pituitary glands the hypothalamus the neurological and endocrine systems the production of our serotonin and our melatonin our temperature regulation This is all about our ability to vision, to project, to see, to program ourselves. And I want to speak about this in the sense that part of the sovereignty is to take over the codes so you are the ultimate programmer of your third eye region. And this is something we've gone in depth with in Earthseed as we were going through the curriculum and our experience and the temple of Labradorite. And when I was sharing this information, it became very clear that I needed to share about Labradorite on some level with all of you, because I think this is a very important stone to be working with in this time. Now Labradorite is one of these beautiful stones that teaches us about the commitment we make on a journey, particularly as we look towards Labradorite. It comes from the center of the earth out to the light, out to the crust. And so Labradorite can help us on our journey of becoming more light-filled bodies, of becoming less and less dense and more light, and also reminding us that it is not about the arrival point. It's about the journey. It's about the experience. It's about making mistakes and growing and evolving. And so Labradorite is what we call a feldspar. And the feldspires give these beautiful flashes of light. You may know them as moonstone or sunstone. And labradorite is so beautiful in the sense that it can range from white, yellow, gray, blue, but has these spectrals of colors that are bright peacock blue and a dusky coppery red, or gold labradorescence. And so the darkness of the stone takes us deep into the mysteries, the mysteries of our essence. And the flashes of light bring us into this beauty of shimmer to remind us of the joy of light and the beauty of the shimmering frequency that we all carry. And so therefore, this stone really connects us with hope and possibility. At the same time, it is very protective as a bringer of light. It works to raise our consciousness and at the same time, removing psychic debris it really allows us to have a complete inner understanding of divine timing, which is something I've been speaking about throughout stars, stones, and stories. And so if this is a concept that feels foreign to you, Labradorite holding the stone in the palms of your hand and meditating with it to connect to your mind's eye, Going deep into your subconscious mind, Labradorite helps to balance the left and right hemispheres of the brain, which strengthens your ability to have new ideas, new concepts, to really contemplate on a deep level. Labradorite also strengthens faith in yourself. It aids in intuitive guidance. It offers psychic power, psychic abilities. It is a human's birthright. To be intuitive. And Labradorite, as it taps into universal consciousness, it allows us to remember that. And this is a very mystical stone. It works to regulate the third eye. And at the same time, it allows us to journey through the strands of our soul, perhaps going into other lifetimes, perhaps connecting in with the Akashic records. Perhaps finding what is your duty, your destiny in this realm. And you can wear it as a pendant. You can wear it as a form where it's touching the body. So it helps you feel more comfortable, more safe, and secure. You can hold it in your hands when you're meditating. It will help to clear your aura to keep you balanced and protected. And it allows you to really open your intelligence to take more sovereignty around what you are programming, your visual sense. It sees, it creates the ability for you to see where the imbalances are so that you are no longer bombarded by other people's thoughts or haunted by their own projections on you, their mental hooks. And with that, Labradorite is, in my opinion, one of the best stones to work with in the age of Aquarius because it really helps us to build our intuition in a beautiful way. And we have to understand that ultimately timelines are vibrational choices, and so it is up to each one of us to make the decision of what vibration do we want to be co-creating with. It is possible to exist and at the same time to have a awareness of the collective and to be neutral to the collective experience, and to be vibrating at a different frequency. We as humans always have the ability to overcome any challenge. We are extremely, vastly powerful. And many of us doubt our inherent beliefs and powers because we think anything we imagine is not real. But that is exactly what we could say how all of us were colonized through the mind was to not believe our imaginations anymore. Stones and crystals have been classified as New Age. However, I myself study with an 88th Taoist master within Stone medicine education. I've sat at the feet of Elder Maladoma Somme many, many times, who talks about mineral medicine as the story carrier. The stones are the bones of Mother Earth. They carry the codes of Earth, they carry the codes of the stars. Stones are absolutely a connection to our sovereignty. And they are also beings that are very ancient and very much alive. There is no human that can own a stone. Any human who is blessed to work with stones is merely a steward of that stone. Just think, if whatever stones and crystals you have, they very likely will outlive you and the generations that come. These stones witness so much. And they remind us about time, how time is cyclic. There is simultaneous time. This ability to embrace all of the senses, a wheel of life, death, and rebirth. We are moving through time and space. We have the ability to shift our timelines, to ride our natural waves of inspiration, to stop forcing things and instead notice when the energy comes to life and ride it when it is authentic and integral. At any given moment, there are simultaneous possibilities and we could say it is our birthright to alter the timeline and the potentials of our lives. Many of us have been hypnotized into believing we've lost these powers and these abilities. But it's as simple as identifying the timeline we or you wish to reside in, shifting your vibrational state to match the timeline. Remember, remember, I am a vibrational match to all of my desires. Lock in your vibrational state. Lock it in with a stone of your choice. And then take action that is the expression of the new timeline. And keep going over and over. This is the way forward. As we awaken to the reality that the new earth is here and we vote each and every day. The power lies literally within each one of us. May you shine your illuminating light from deep, deep within. You are pure magnificence. Please take a moment and prepare for meditation. So pause here if you're not able to dive in with us and check out the timestamp. Come back around and you'll find yourself seated or lying down, all of your biological needs tended to. Devices turned off, all of distractions preempted so you can be fully present here and now and so taking your seat or coming to lie down allow the breath to expand in and out through the lungs and as you're breathing allow the breath to sink you deeper and deeper so that the weight of gravity anchors you And you feel so held here and now. And with each breath, every cell of your being, every particle of your blood, every muscle, every bone, every joint, every hair just becomes more and more relaxed. and you allow yourself to sink deeper and deeper into this stillness, into this complete relaxation. That beautiful relaxation starts to move through all of you like this ambrosial nectar from the other world covering your full body. And as you do so, you just allow yourself from the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet and the base of your spine to anchor deep down all the way down deep deep down into the core of mother earth where beautiful great grandmother hematite is ready to welcome you and all of your ancestors are gathered And you trust that the healthy, well ancestors are really guiding this ancestral space. So you just feel the backing of all of your ancestors, including your bloodline, your soul ancestors, your star ancestors. You feel this magnitude of collective wisdom here. And with this grounding and anchoring, you also feel yourself connected to the heart of the Great Mother. And as you're connected to the heart of the Great Mother, you find yourself swimming in this vast cosmic sea. This vast cosmic sea, you're swimming and swimming, perhaps you're swimming over waves and under waves. Perhaps you're all the way under the water. Just notice where you are and continue to swim. And wherever you are, you find yourself diving down really, really deep. And you come to the gate of this beautiful temple. And as you swim through the gate of this beautiful temple, you come and you enter within this pyramid and you find that you are easily breathing here as you're underwater in this temple. And you're swimming, but you can also walk. You're able to move in whatever way you wish. And this temple is filled with a beautiful crystalline floor that has very dark blue, gray, green spaces and then flashes of the most blue, red, gold light. And as the flashes appear, You see lights and frequencies move about the space. And you come to sit or lie down in the center of the pyramid on this labradorite floor. You come, lie down, or sit, and you begin to meditate here. And as you meditate, you find within the palm of each hand appears the most beautiful sphere of Labradorite, this beautiful soft palm stone that feels timeless and anchoring all at once. And as you hold these stones within the palms of your hands and you begin to breathe and relax even deeper. The cells of your being begin to merge with the cells of these stones and the being of this ancient temple, this labradorescence, essence. And you find that you're able to begin to perceive the memories that have been placed within these stones, the timelines, And as you're breathing and visioning, you come to the great awareness that it was you in other forms, spaces, and places that placed these memories within these stones. And as you're holding these vast record keepers in the palms of your hands, You bow to the wisdom as you merge your DNA with the DNA of this crystal. And you find yourself in this vast cosmic ocean in this light temple. You see within your mind's eye, within this pyramid, you see the light shifting so many different colors and forms. And you find that you have this ability to heal, to grow, anything you desire, here and now. You can heal entire planets and star systems. You can heal entire populations and lineages. You can heal entire cities and outcomes. And with your magnificence, with the codes of wisdom you carry here and now, you journey through your mind's eye, activating deep within Mother Earth the grids through the crystals and the grids through your body. You feel the determination, the elegance, the courage, the high intelligence. You feel this potency here and now, and you know that you are protected in this work. You have ancient, ancient protection moving all around you and grounding you and rooting you. So you continue to journey and witness and vision, holding the highest frequency as you understand this is a great responsibility to do this work and you honor it. And when you feel complete, you place the stones down and if not already, you come to lie down on the floor of this temple and immediately you feel this force, the spiral force move through your body and you become a vacuum of light and you spiral up and out through the filaments of light of this temple. You spiral up and out and you spiral up and out immediately into your physical body, your human body temple, and you arrive in the center of your mind's eye, your third eye space. You arrive and you seed this timeline, this story in your mind's eye here and now and as a form of confirmation, you take three long, deep breaths. And as you continue to breathe, you begin to wiggle through the fingers and the toes and circle through the wrists and the ankles. You rub together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. And then you take your hands to your eyes and you cup your eyes and you breathe long, deep breaths here. And then you hug your knees into your chest and you rock side to side. And then you rock front to back. And you continue to rock, perhaps coming all the way up to your seat or you roll to your right side and push your way up to sit. And you take a moment, you take your right hand To your womb space your left hand to your heart you focus at the third eye you hold within the third eye and within the heart and within your womb space all beings regardless of gender have this womb cave of creation you seed within these three grails the wisdom of this journey You imprint it with benevolent intelligence and possibility. And you say, I am a vibrational match to all of my desires. I am a vibrational match to all of my desires. I am a vibrational match to all of my desires and so it is and so it is and so it is blessed be Isis, heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. sharing sacred space my prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective by being fierce in our authentic truth we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet earth crystallize your medicine